Welcome back. Second Takes Podcast Episode 2. We've actually made it two weeks in a row. We're impressed. Uh, big weekend in sports, baseball playoffs, NFL, some big Sunday night game, and then uh, we got some NBA starting back up. Preseason first game was yesterday, so we're excited to dive into that. We'll start with baseball. Uh, the AL East, what a what a roller coaster. Um, Jack, I don't know what you think, but a 91 win team doesn't get into the playoffs. Like that's, it's absurd to me. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I feel for the guys. They were so hot down the stretch. Just, just couldn't get it done. Yeah. I saw a tweet yesterday that said uh, the ALE should be abolished. And I'm uh, not opposed to that. It's probably, it's gotta be, I said like uh, with regards to like uh, sports divisions, just like across major league sports in general. I would say it's definitely in the top three. I can't even think of another division where uh, it's the, that the, tough. Can you? The NFC East in football is pretty great. <laughs> Skip Bell says the NFC least. <laughs> no, I think, I think the, the Cowboys have that division for sure this year. But I think they. Do. Yeah, just going. Yeah, just going back to the least there at the Jays. It seemed it was more uh, like too little, too late for them this year. They got off to such a poor start, and I think part of that had to do with them. Um, playing their home game in Florida and Buffalo. I don't know what your take is on that. I mean, I can't uh, imagine yeah. three, three different home, home ballparks, like throughout a season, unbelievably difficult. And then, you know, you don't have fans for obviously half of those and come back to the Rogers center. You got to get used to, you know, I, I mean, as, as little as the move is you're a new country, people got to get their residents, you know, figure that all out if they're new to the team. Um, it's tough to get up and uproot three times in a year. And they had to do that. I thought they battled hard. What a September they had. But um, I think they're, they deserve to be in the playoffs. Like, they're one of the hottest teams right now. Like, I wish – that sounds kind of dumb to say they deserve to be in the playoffs, but I'm not sure how yeah. to re- re- reset that. Like, they, I think they, they would be successful um, if they had the opportunity. Um, but, you know, Boston was down 5-1. I don't know if you watched the game, but they were down 5-1 in the eighth inning, and they came back. So And then the Yankees had a walk-off. It's two good teams. I mean, it's a Boston and yeah. Yankees playoff game. I'm sure the network loves that. The league loves that. Well, it was kind of funny because I was watching the Jays game, and as usual, I fell asleep during the middle of the game. They're up eleven. <laughs> they're up eleven one. So you can forgive me for that. Uh, but as soon as the game ended, they're like, "All right." I think it was Jamie Campbell and whoever the other guy is on the Blue Jays Central. There, they were saying, "All right, let's send it over to Washington now to watch the rest of this game." And yeah. Three seconds in, Raphael Devers hits a two-run homer and pretty much ends all hope that the Jays had. And yeah. I'm pretty sure before that comeback, when they're down 5-1, uh, the stat I heard is there were three three or four and like 36 went down by four runs or more this season. And they come back from that. And then Aaron Judge hits his first career walk-off to send the Yankees to the playoffs, which is insane. Kids said the guys had. Well, he had a 50 home run season as a rookie, I'm pretty sure, did he not? I didn't know that stat. That's unbelievable. It's his first ever walk-off. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Wow. I look at the Jays' roster, and we haven't even talked about Tampa Bay yet, who actually won the AL East. And I kind of glossed over that on last week's episode. Like, the Tampa Bay Rays were 10 games above everyone else. So they're going to be in the playoffs easily, obviously. And, and they – they're they're a wagon. The whole AL East is great, but I look at the Jays roster. Simeon had <laughs> Simeon had forty five home runs. 
uh, and Robbie Ray is a Cy Young candidate, and they they might lose both those guys. Uh, unfortunately, Simeon's made it clear he wants to play shortstop. Obviously, the Jays shortstop is is Boba Shet, the Star Wars name character. Um, so they they they're gonna have some interesting. They're gonna have an interesting off season to see what they can do with this team. There's a lot of talent. They kind of came together just like we said at the right time. What can they keep? What do they have to let go? We're not the Yankees or the Red Sox. You know, we did, yeah. we discussed this last week as well in terms of our, our pockets aren't as deep. So we got to win within the confines. And the Rays are doing it right now. Why can't we do it? You know, we have Vlad, we have Boba Shett, So I hope we can keep it going. Just, uh, just touching on the playoffs and the Jays winning 91 games and not getting into the playoffs. You look at the NL West, the Dodgers won eight pennants in a row. They won 106 games this year, and they have to play one game, play in wild card game. Like, do you think the MLB should change their playoff system? Uh, like, if you win 106 games, then you don't even win your division. You get a one game crapshoot to get in the. the yeah, what do you think? I I think it, it's a tough line for me. I look at some of the sports leagues, and now with the NBA play in game tournament, theoretically, uh, and I guess the NHL had that for the, the bubble too when the Leafs didn't make the playoffs, but they kind of had to play a postseason game. Yeah. You know, it turns into... Oh. I'll finish... We're going to finish this thought here for sure, but... Um, it, it's difficult because then more than half of the teams are making the playoffs, which makes the regular season not as important. I think the regular season has to be worth something. But when you play 162 games, and then it all comes down to one game after you win that many as the Dodgers did, yes. I'm not sure what that would look like. Maybe maybe you take the top two from each division and then a wild card, like a third sort of thing. So you have more teams make it. I think it's a little bit exclusive right now. And like a little bit of a, yeah. I don't want to say an easy path to the World Series, but let's say you're Tampa Bay. You have to win uh, a best out of five. Is The ALDS is still best out of five, right? Yeah. The divisional series is best out of five. The conference championships, the best of seven, and then you're in the World Series. Yeah. So if you you know add another round, you make the regular season worth kind of more. And you know, I mean, it's the dog days of summer; everyone talks about it. Then you're fighting for something in July and August, even if you're a little bit out of first place and might not get a wild card. Well, then you can fight for that third spot wild card and might get one yeah. of the top two. If you include a couple more teams, it can be a bit more competitive. And you might not see the same teams over and over again. And then teams like the Jays or the Dodgers or, you know, the Mariners who didn't get in either, you know, they have an opportunity to make some noise. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I don't disagree. We were, I was talking today uh, on our car ride to the golf tournament. I was talking with my partner and he was talking about how baseball, there seems to be a lot more purists with baseball mm-hmm. where they're not as uh, – inclined to want to change things where you see the NHL switching things up with their division. You see the NBA switch things up with their playoff. Like the baseball always seems to be this, those four or five teams make the playoffs and then yeah. they're not going to, it doesn't seem like they're going to shorten the regular season at all, Yeah, which I think they should. I mean, 162 games is absurd. It's ridiculous. But like you can see the NFL, they've changed, and this goes into our next topic here, the NFL, they've changed their playoff system. They had another playoff team. There's seven teams now instead of six. And there's only one team getting to buy the number one seed. Yep. And so just going to that next topic there, uh, there was a big game last night, New England, Brady's homecoming. <laughs> There's a lot of memes coming from that. I don't know if you watched the game or not. I watched most of it. 
And I just want to kind of get your take on that. And uh, I, uh, I, I, of course, I, of course, watched the game. Okay, go ahead. I, of course, watched the game. Uh, As you know, many of our friends know, I'm a pretty big Tom Brady fan. Um, I used to say I was a Patriots fan, and then I quickly realized I was just a Tom Brady fan. Uh, it was a it was a weird game because the weather was so bad. It was raining hard, so the ball was slipping. It wasn't going to be a game where you know it ends up being 35-32 or something like that. But I thought Belichick had some great schemes, threw a lot of different looks and covers at Brady, um, messed him up a little bit. Mac Jones had 19 straight completions, which ties Tom Brady's all-time record. I saw that, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and I thought, I thought this game was close, obviously, but the Bucks are a very depleted team right now. Like they didn't have their top three defensive backs playing. Gronkowski's out right now. Uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul is out. Their best pass rusher. This was a very depleted Bucks team on the road. Brady, obviously, what an emotional homecoming after twenty years, six championships. I thought he handled it somewhat well. He didn't make it, he didn't make the big mistake. He didn't make the big play. He just kind of yeah. did. He he was a game manager last night. And I know that he's been roasted about that before, <laughs> but he he managed the game well. Um and they missed a 56-yard field goal at the end. Um so I give credit to Brady and the Bucks for battling the adversity of the weather, the emotion and getting the W on the road. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean I watched pretty much the entire game. I uh, missed a couple minutes of it, but uh, as exciting as it was seeing Brady come home and breaking Drew Brees' all-time pass record, which is kind of a footnote in the whole thing just because he is coming home. Yeah. And I know the Pats declined the option to stop the game for that, which is fairly unsurprising just given who their coach is and how they run their team. Uh, but yeah, I was a super impressed with Mac Jones. I know Chris Collinsworth is talking about him the entire game, just how impressed he was with Mac Jones. Obviously, his 19 straight completions was pretty crazy and uh yeah i watched well, i know richard sherman signed on wednesday for the bucks and oh. i didn't notice him out there the first little bit and then as soon as collinsworth and al michael started talking about him it seems like mac jones also heard that and just started going after him and i saw at least five six completions on richard sherman just going after him and then i kind of keyed in on him the, like towards the second half and he just had absolutely no idea what was going on he looked out of shape and I mean, credit to Mac Jones, the guy's a rookie. I mean, an environment like that going against probably, well, yeah, I would say he's the GOAT, even yeah, though uh, he is. I've kind of liked Tom Moore in the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, he's going up against the GOAT and just all that pressure. I thought he handled it amazing. So Richard Sherman signed with the Buccaneers on Wednesday. Yeah. And he said, I need a week or two to, you know, get ready to get back in. Like, I'm in shape, but I'm not in game shape right now. And I need to learn the system, the schemes whatnot and i read a stat he played every single defense defensive snap except for one like (laughs) you can't i mean this guy was on the other stats on him getting blown by uh like the catches on him or do you not have that up i didn't see how many times you know he got targeted i I watched him got targeted like at least five or six times and it wasn't and and a lot of it was like little out routes or curls like fast movements by the receiver and i think sherman just doesn't have that foot speed quite frankly anymore which is coming off a torn achilles as well recently yeah and it's hard for me to watch like uh we we kind of touched on this with crosby last week and you know how our guys are getting kind of old and 
No, I remember Sherman in that 2013, 2014, 15, you know, Seattle Legion of Boom defense with Cam Chancellor and those guys. And quarterbacks would honestly not throw to his half of the football field. Like he was just so dangerous. And, and, you know, he's trying to do what he can. I'm sure he's going to get better throughout the season, but he just doesn't have the foot speed right now to keep up with some of these guys. And, you know, it makes me think, you know, the Patriots aren't exactly a dynamic offensive team by any stretch. You know, if when you start playing against Kansas City or Baltimore, or these kind of teams, you know, it's a different the, even even LA. The Pats had negative one rushing yard yesterday as a team. That is one thing I'll give credit to to Tampa Bay for. You know, starting in week one with Dallas, teams know they will not have success running the ball against no. Tampa. Um, that front seven is lethal. And like I said, they're missing JPP. This is their best player up there, but they will get to the quarterback. They will stop the run. If they can get healthy and get their secondary back and get some cohesion and some chemistry back there, I think they can be right back in contention. They're, they're three and one. They're just grinding away. And, yeah, and it's I because mean- of number 12. Yeah, we've seen it throughout the years. It doesn't matter how injured that defense is. I think they had one or two guys go down yesterday as well. And Carlton Davis and Whitfield? No. Yeah, yeah Whitfield went down. Whitfield, yeah. I said, yeah. He had a forced fumble and a pick before that, too. He was playing awesome. Yeah. But yeah, just like it doesn't matter how beat up this team is. If you have Tom Brady at quarterback, you're going to be there at the end. He's probably going to find a way to get home field throughout the playoffs. And if he gets home field... We all know how that goes. He ends up in the conference championship. but He didn't even have home field last year. It's still second, worked out. Ex- exactly. Last second drive to send to the Super Bowl. And it's probably going to happen. I wouldn't be too surprised if we see it, as, as you said, especially if they do get healthy. Totally. Uh, and then, yeah, just to touch on the last topic there. Uh, I know you probably know more about this than I do. Uh, <laughs> our boy Ben Simmons, oh. the Australian wonder. Chartreuse yeah. extraordinaire. <laughs> I saw he's no long. Oh, he's no long. He was never with the team, and I, I don't know if he's been fined yet. But I know since everything started, I'm sure yeah. that's uh, all going to start taking place soon. So I just want to get your thoughts on that and what yeah, do so you I, think about I, Ben. Do you think Philly should get rid of him? Are mm-hmm. they going to be able to get rid of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, researching and you know reading up on this topic a lot. Uh, it's something that is almost turning into a bit of an epidemic in the NBA where the players are trying to force the way out of organizations. And you saw it with Anthony Davis in new Orleans, where he was like, I'm not going to resign with you. So you need to trade me if you want to get anything back. And just kind of, and saying, this is where I want to go to James Harden did the same thing to Brooklyn um, when he left Houston. So in this situation, Ben Simmons contract uh, for anyone who doesn't know is very interesting. He doesn't get a lump sum payment. His contract is $32 million and he gets paid about 8 million every um, three months. So he had a payment scheduled for a couple days ago. I think it was October 2nd. Philadelphia did not make that payment. So they uh, put $8 million away in an, in an account um, in case they have to pay it eventually, but they didn't, it did not go to Ben Simmons. He has told the team, I will not play a game for you. I'm not coming to training camp. I'm not part of this organization. And it's in, it's good timing for us to do this today because Philly has their first preseason game tonight. Not that the Stars play in it, but it's somewhat relevant that he won't be in attendance. Um, to answer your question about should they move him and can he be moved, 
Should they move him? Yes. I mean, you need to move someone like that. It's kind of going to be a cancer in your locker room. He's not even in your locker room. And, you know, your star player, Joel Embiid's getting bombarded with questions from the media about him daily. And you want your star to be focused. So you should try to move Ben Simmons. You have to tackle a week of questions of like, what did this do to your team? But, but then it's over. It's done. He's out of your hand. So you got to try to move him. The second part of your question is quite difficult. Can they move him? He's a great player. He's an all-star. I don't care what people say about his shooting. Yes, he has a bad shooting percentage and he can't shoot free throws very well. He is a six foot 10 gifted point guard with extreme athleticism and a top five defender in the NBA. You know, he is, he's one of the best passers in the NBA. He's one of the best basketball IQs. He's not cheap. And I think Philly is not going to settle for a deal that they don't think is somewhat valuable to them. Um, uh, you know, names that pop into my head are something to Portland for a Dame Lillard, something to Washington for a Bradley Beal. Can, can you put a package together to entice, you know, some front office with a disgruntled star, you know, to kind of do a swap? And I don't. I think that's where I stand on that. If you can make it happen, great. And you got to think about who you want to pair with Joel Embiid at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing was pairing them with Joel Embiid. I saw a quote from him. Uh, he basically just said. Since he's been there, they've catered to Ben Simmons' needs. They've built everything around him. They got rid of Jimmy. And he felt that was a mistake, which clearly we've seen that since Jimmy's gone to Miami. Totally. Uh, obviously, Joel Embiid's like a generational talent. He's unbelievable. And when he's healthy and he's playing, he's nearly like, unstoppable. I'm just wondering, again, you'd know better than I would. And so I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think a guy who I don't know how many games he's played in a regular season, but I feel at the most is probably around 60 Mm -hmm. with all the talent that he has and everything that he brings to the table. Is he somebody that you're I guess trusting enough to build your team around and put pieces around him. And he's not going to be there in the playoffs healthy type thing. You're talking about Embiid. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at Embiid, uh, I'm looking at the stats right now. The most games he's played is 64 in a season. Yeah. Um, he's a big, and that bodes not well for winning championships. You look yeah. at the great dynasties of the past, in the past 20, 25 years, so other, wins, than, not? other than Shaq. But Shaq and Kobe. So, yeah. I mean, you look at it, Michael Scotty. Dwayne Wade, LeBron, um, Durant, Steph, Clay. You, you look at it kind of that way, right? And, and it's it's dynamic wing players, Kawhi Leonard, who can play defense, create their own shot. And I don't think bigs have the ability towards the end of games to kind of get their own shot. And the, yeah. and, and the playoff game kind of slows down a lot more. Um, you really need a good half-court offense. Yeah, to jump and, in there, you and, saw that a lot with – uh, Giannis in the past, they they figured totally. it out with him and Chris and all those guys there now. But totally, you, yeah. But you can go back to what you're saying. But like they struggled for a while, and that's why they there's talks of them tearing their team down completely. And Chris Middleton, you know, has to be that guy a lot of times at the end of the games for the Bucks. So to go back to Embiid, yeah, I mean he got you twenty twenty eight and a half and ten last year, almost yeah, 20, 20, 29 11. every time he's healthy, yeah. Right. So, I mean, when he's healthy, he's one of the best bigs, if not the best big in the league with Gobert and Nikola Jokic. You know, he's up there. And Anthony Davis. 
Can you build can you build a team around him? Yes. Do you need a guy like Jimmy Butler? Like imagine if they had Jimmy still. If yeah. they had Jimmy and they had JJ Redick and they had Seth before he retired and they had Seth Curry and and, and these kind of shooters, playmakers around him, that's a that's a team that I look at and I'm like, hey, Jimmy can get you something at the end of a game. You can carry the load for the first three quarters. That's what you need. Um so yeah, I think the right decision would be to move Ben Simmons and and then build around Embiid. But if you're Daryl Morey, who has proven to be a fantastic GM, like I don't have any uh, reservations about um, Daryl Morey and and what he's capable of doing, you just have to be focused um, a, a, in terms of what you need for your team. And and I think they have a good they have a good groundwork laid out for you know when they lost to the Raptors in the second round on a buzzer beater, it was a great team. And you you, know, you you surround people like that around Embiid, and you can get back there and in a somewhat shallow Eastern Conference. I mean, you have Brooklyn, you have Milwaukee, and then you know who's next? Miami, maybe. Yeah, Miami, but you know Lowry's old. Adebayo okay. is he the real real deal? And you know Jimmy's not getting any younger. He's he's a dog, but he's not that number one guy yeah. Um, necessarily. Yeah, when yeah. we were talking, we compared him to like a Ryan O'Reilly in the NHL. Yeah. It's a guy every team wants to have on their team, and you'd hate to play against him, but he's not a guy necessarily that's going to go carry you a championship. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the top 10 players in the NHL, and, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's not in that conversation. He's a great piece. No. He's fantastic to have, but he's not going to be the guy that, that carries you to a chip. So I think it'll be very inter- interesting to see what the what the Sixers do this uh, in, heading into the season here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're sort of at a crossroads, but it seems like they've been there for the last five years, basically, since they drafted these guys. The whole thing with them sitting out a couple of years, trust yeah. the process, and <laughs> we're finally here where the process is supposed to be winning championships, and half of that process wants to leave. So, I don't know. It seems like they're at a bit of a crossroads, and they could be in trouble here if they uh, don't figure out what they want to do with Ben Simmons. Yeah, they have to figure it out fast. Um I, I'm excited to see what happens though. I mean, that's it's the NBA. It's a star-driven league, and that. Do you think it's? Yeah. Do you think it's a good thing? Uh, you were talking earlier about how the players have seemed to have grown their voice, and they can kind of force their way out of situations, which is what Ben's trying to do here. Do you think that's good yeah. for the league, or do you think that's bad for the league? I think it has to be a balance. You need player independence. You need the guys yeah. to have a voice. Uh, the way contracts are structured in the NBA, if you're drafted to Memphis, let's just say, you basically have to spend the next seven years in Memphis. Um, and then you can sign a Supermax deal or do a sign and trade. But you're kind of stuck there unless you want to leave and take a severe pay cut. As a player, you know, it's tough, right? Like it, the term owner has kind of been abolished now. I think these guys are grateful to play in the NBA, but once they get there, then they want to be on the Lakers, the Heat, the Knicks, yeah. the Bulls. They get picky. Understandably, you're the cream of the crop. You're the best players in the world. I think there's a balance to this. They have to strike it. And it's unfortunate to constantly see management and ownership in a way being screwed over by star players that don't want to be in mid to small market teams anymore and want to play yeah. with each other. Um so I don't Adam Silver's in a tough position. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is in a tough position here. Um, but I think I stand by the Sixers not paying not paying Simmons. 
yeah. you're not doing your job. It's kind of like everything else. If you don't show up to work, you know, why would you get paid? Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens, though. Yeah, no, I agree. The NBA, I feel, is more so than the other major sports, to start driven league. And mm-hmm. we have to – the owners have to – I mean, play, if the players don't want to play, they're not going to play. Exactly. I mean, eventually you're going to have to cave into their needs. And like you said, I think there's a balance that needs to be had. And yeah, Adam Silver is definitely in an interesting situation because obviously you don't want to, as exciting as it is to have three of the top 10 players in the world on one team as in the Lakers or the Nets or somebody like that. Like Mm -hmm. there's still 32 teams, 32, right? Uh, 31. No, it's 30. 31. 30. 32 in the NHL. 30 in the NBA, you're right. Lots of expansion teams. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forget, even forget what I was saying there, but these are bad at math. There's 28 teams other than the Lakers and the Nets who have to have players, and you have to have, you yeah. know, you got to put butts in the seats in their hometowns. How do you? How are you going to do that with the players just choosing where they want to go? How, yeah. How's a team like Memphis going to survive? How's a team like Charlotte going to survive? Oh, exactly. And you see recently uh, with Denver, they paid – Michael Porter Jr., I think it was 172. It can mm-hmm. go up to 205, something like that. I'm not yeah. exactly sure the numbers. And is that a guy you want to be given a max contract to? Probably he's like, not. He's, like a, he's the third option on the team behind yeah. Murray and Jokic. And the guy can't play defense. Like, he's obviously a fantastic scorer. I, I saw a stat about his efficiency. It was one of the most efficient seasons in recent memory or something like that. But you got to overpay for a guy who's mm-hmm. probably your third option to keep him in Denver. And that just kind of hamstrings them for the future type thing it completely does we should uh we should wrap it up there yeah um three topics today passionate about them all tough end to the season for the blue jays but uh thank you for listening always a pleasure we'll uh we'll see you guys next uh next week stay tuned to the instagram if you have any topic you want us to discuss shoot us a dm or keep following along back up and running at that it's back time. up it's back up now mark mark zuckerberg <laughs> he took a pay cut today <laughs> yeah. all right all right thank you guys see you guys